Hello passengers, this is your captain speaking. Welcome to Flight EK417, Uncharted Realities. Our destination is heaven. Uh, flight time should be a, a lifetime. Uh, whether outside is sunny or chance of clouds, you know, temptations, all sorts. A crew member will be with you shortly to help you. Sit back, relax, get your headphones on and enjoy the experience. Thank you. Hello and welcome to Uncharted Realities Podcast. The first one ever. <laughs> Can I get some excitement? Yours are dead. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, so who are we? Um, we are a group of young adults, Christian, walking and leaning on God through this earthly journey, waiting to go to heaven, hopefully. Okay, not hopefully. Like, we'll, we'll have to be setting. <laughs> All right, I'm Yambaka, I'm Yangani. And uh, I am a student, basically, and I do part-time work. Currently, I'm in a gap year. I say that uh, um, because it's a, it's a time of, like, you know, uncertainty and the mm. struggle. It's kind of like my struggle that God is helping me with. And I'm seeing it as a stepping stone to lean on God more. I'm Deborah White. I'm not white. <laughs> uh, I'm a soon-to-be graduate. Woo. Uh, thank you. In my social work degree and with a minor in youth and children's studies, yeah. I have a comic that I'm working on. Um, I draw, illustrate, write, tell stories, and go on very long walks. All right. Um, I'm Dikuno Prosper, a student in environmental engineering who looks forward to Exploring avenues in relation to waterways treatment, you know, and also a French enthusiast. Yes, bonjour. Right. <laughs> That's all we, we know. But he knows more. <laughs> d'accord, d'accord. Yeah. Um. Samuel Samuel. Um. Keeping the French flow. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm Samuel. Um. I'm currently working in an educational facilities, and um, I love music. Um. Do a lot of music. And um, I have a YouTube channel. Yambakam was the one who, <laughs> she's sitting right here. She was one of the catalysts for that. I know that sounds random, but yeah, I have to give her credit. Um, oh. But yeah, um, uh, God has given me the talent to create things. So I, I would say I'm kind of like a content creator. Okay, first of all, you guys are probably the first to hear him say, I have a YouTube channel. <laughs> <laughs> you want to see my eyes pop a while ago. <laughs> I don't know how people do it though, but uh, I'm not so good at saying, hi everyone, subscribe to my YouTube, make sure you like and share. You oh my God. You have to yourself in. No, my style, you know. <laughs> all right. Um, what binds us together really is that we love God. Uh, and we're just uh, trying to navigate this uh, Christian walk uh, as young adults. 
Our ages and stages in life vary and we hope that you are able to connect with us. We know that each episode will leave you with something that will enhance your relationship with God. The point of Uncharted Realities is to go into topics that aren't um, dissected well enough in the regular setting of church, well, at least from our experience. And we try to garner lessons from each of our experiences, the word of God and true prayers. So starting off is what makes you a Christian? Like, guys, why do you believe? (laughs) What made you believe? And what made you take action in that belief? Um, all right. Being a Christian is, you know, it's, it's a word that is coined from Christianity and um, it's actually from the Bible. You know, when the um, followers of Christ were first called Christians in Antioch. And so they were, they, they were believed to have picked up the character of Christ, you know, and so that name was bestowed on them. And so being a Christian simply means having to come to the understanding that you can't help yourself, you know. So you need a, a higher figure, a divine figure for that matter. And uh, biblically, Christ is the Holy Savior who has the power to take away our sins on earth because he's the only one God allowed to die on the cross of Calvary, you know, as a remission of our sins. And once we come to that state of hum, um, humility, state of sobriety, you look up to him, you accept him as your Lord and personal Savior. You know, he is spirit. So that spirit begins to dwell in you, begins to direct your path, begins to give you the spirit of holiness, you know, to live above sin. So being a Christian is a follower of Christ on earth here who is pension of making it to heaven. And so you are living in the world, but you are not of the world. The world is just a temporal place for you to go through, though it may come with its own challenges and issues. But Christ would embody you, would embody you with the grace, you know, to be able to overcome those challenges. Mm. Yeah. Hmm. How about you, um, Deborah? Why do you believe and have you ever doubted Christ exists, God's existence? That's a very good question, Yamvaka. <laughs> I love you too. <laughs> why do I believe in God? And I believe because there are areas in my life that don't make sense unless he's part of the equation. Um, I'm not going to get too much into it but my I life. wanted to say tell us uh, <laughs> it's fine <laughs> it's fine no it's okay uh you know I wasn't exactly born healthy as a baby mm-hmm. I had multiple surgeries like performed immediately after I left my mother's stomach mm-hmm. um and it was like it was pretty much a near-death experience for mm-hmm. me traumatic for my mom as well and um when all odds were you know, just not working out, um, God pulled through mm-hmm. with my doctor, my family doctor pretty much mm-hmm. saving me near when I was just about to lose my life. Mm-hmm. And 
you know, my mom tells me that story every chance she gets. Like before I became a Christian, she's like, God saved you. You are a Deborah. You are a leader, a warrior, a survivor. How could you not believe in God? And I'm just like, because I wasn't there when I died. I don't know. <laughs> but through personal experience, yeah. you know, and meeting God myself and seeing what he's done for me and seeing what he will do for me and seeing how he's pulled me through some dark places in my life. Um, I, I just can't imagine a, t- a, a world or a time where I didn't believe in God. Like, outside of him being God, he's also a provider for me and a protector. And also my father. And when you can't really say the deepest, darkest secrets to your biological dad, mm-hmm. you can say it to him. Yes. And, you know, who's he going to tell? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> who's he going to say that to? He's not going to go behind your back and say, what's up, Angel? Let, let me tell you what my daughter on earth said to me during one of her prayers. No, <laughs> it's safe with him. And it, it's so comforting to know that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love what she said. She said she was kind of grown up in an environment that had Christ around. So Samuel, like I guess you had a similar setting, but does this going around the um, Christian setting equates to believing? Because I do know some people who go to church every day because their parents force them and uh, are complete atheists. But why do you believe? Yeah, um, for me, um, I also grew up like in a Christian family, and you know, such kids you can test, you can testify, you cannot give your life to Christ multiple times because you hear the Amen. message, <laughs> you hear the message every day, and you're like, oh my God, I didn't give my offering, in, like as a child, like children church, and then <laughs> what did you use it to do? I, did you buy biscuit? <laughs> I know, right? It's a long story. But yeah, just to your question, um, being raised in a Christian family actually doesn't equate um, being born again. Mm -hmm. You have to find God for yourself. Um, um, For me, even sometimes um, the situations around you, they might only help, but it comes to that personal realization. As Deborah was just sharing our um, our experience, I mean, just kind of triggered mine. Um, I know I haven't shared this with so many people. Just only a few people know this, but... You guys are the special ones. <laughs> <laughs> like for me, even my birth too um, was just a proof of God. So um, uh, I'm the second boy in the family of six. So I have... Um, the firstborn is a boy and then like a male. And then we have three females and then myself and then my younger brother. Now, growing up in Africa or some of us that know about Africa, you know, sometimes when um, parents, when they have like a certain gender, they're like, okay, there's this kind of preference given to a certain gender, which to me doesn't make sense, but just coming from that perspective. So my mom had had one boy and three girls and then she was so desperate for another boy and then she tells me this sometimes she's like even telling god that god you can't even give me a boy and something like to how she's sorry about it now because she spoke to god that way but god proved himself and even before i was born um this is why i say i haven't shared with so many people before i was born my mom had a dream that she had a boy According to her, it was a black boy where I'm black. (laughs) 
And then actually my name was given to her even before I was born. So it's like, okay, you're going to have a boy and um, you should call his name this. And then at that then, she Whoa. didn't even know. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think there's some other people who that have, even like John the Baptist. The same thing happened to him. John the Baptist, before he was born, a name was given to him, mm-hmm. right? So she was already given that name somewhere. In fact, it almost caused issues with my my mom and my dad because she didn't tell my dad and my dad wanted to call me George. Up to today, I've, I can't remember my dad calling me Samuel. It's always oh. judge, judge, judge. Now he's double he, standard. <laughs> you have two sides. I know, right? I'm going through like even my childhood. Some people know me as judge. Some people know as somewhere. So maybe at, in the starting school, maybe the first name I tell them. So, um, so just back to the story. So that in itself was a proof of God because even my mom was not. She wasn't. She didn't know if she was pregnant at that moment. Probably she wasn't pregnant, but. Just like it was said, it happened, right? But for me, that necessarily didn't that didn't necessarily stimulate my um, salvation. But one way God speaks to me is through through dreams, and that is how I got saved. Um, for myself, I've had the dreams of the rapture at different times, and they seem so real. There was once there was one time I woke up in the middle of the night and I was crying. I was like, and. The next morning, definitely I gave my life to Christ in the middle of the night. <laughs> no play. No time. If you were scared by then, right? I know, right? And then the next morning we're talking about it and I think it was my auntie or my, my mom was like, oh yes, I had somebody cry yesterday. Yes, I was the one crying. <laughs> and you couldn't even ask what was wrong. And so, but you know, funny enough, um, but after that time, it got to a time where I lost my faith, but God saved me still um, through dreams. And I ca- I got to encounter, like experience God myself. Not like I saw it being, but through dreams and, and God um, um, interpreted it to me. And I landed on Romans, I think it's Romans 6. Um, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. God was trying to tell me that this part you're going, death is... Because in that dream, I was seeing something pointing to death. And it was telling me that the wages is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. That verse is very wonderful to me because it says the wages of sin is death. Because Wages, like your paycheck, is like the paycheck for sin. It's something that you are working for is is death, but the gift of God. It doesn't say the wages of sin is death and the wages of God is eternal life. No, it's, it's the gift of God. For sin, you work for it, but salvation is a gift. It's mm. the gift of God is eternal life. Mm. Wow. Thank you. I mean, similarly, I guess like that up and downs with um, my relationship with God, I think. But a big part where I kind of gave up was that I believed in God, but um, because of just miracles, not necessarily that happened to me, but I benefited from what I've seen happen to individuals around me that it's just like, we're, we're saying nothing good can come out of this. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like, boom. So you know that it was no one else than God. But um, for me, it was like, God seemed too high for me to reach him whether it was because of standards set around or just my personal excuse that was. And um, when God removed like the most standard thing, I guess that in that stage it would have probably been my idol. It's funny because it doesn't, it didn't seem that way, which is a constant continuation with like education. 
um, no, it's not the gap year that I'm taking. <laughs> but there was another one and that just demoralized me. But it also drew me to God because the only constant is God. The only thing that is certain, the only thing that won't fail me is my God. And God started to draw me closer with him and, you know, I was able to, you know, read my Bible without being prompted. I mean, before I used to read devotions, uh, those short devotionals, they're, they're, they're nice. Uh, but then <laughs> I forget great. them. It was quick. Like, come on, wake up. Of course I'm reading it. So mm-hmm. when they asked me, yes, I read my devotion. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> but those are all uh, what you call the religious rites, right? Like how the Pharisees and Sadducees perform them. And there comes a time where you have to have genuine interest in them and develop that relationship. Uh,